That's a funny tweet. A plus. Let's get this shit on the road. Let's shit on the road. <laughs> Are you ready, listener? Are you ready for Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things? Well, I'm Henry. Well, god damn, my name's John. And gosh darn it, together we're Henry and John. Back again. Oh, to, fuck. To, to, kick, to kick some ass, John. Yeah, we're gonna kick everyone's whole asses. We're not we're not half assing it, which is where that phrase came from. No, we're whole assing it and, and that's how that's that's how we're gonna kick. We're gonna kick whole asses. I'm gonna sharpen up my meat cleaver, hack off a whole ass, and kick it over a mountain. I'm gonna sharpen up my foot so I can really just kick. So you can you can kick and hack. Kick and hack, that's what they call me, the kick and hacker. And I got your emails, too. Well, uh, I've got a nickname, too. What's your nickname, John? It's, uh, Mr... Shit. <laughs> Mr. Shit? No, it's not that. It's, um, <laughs> Miss, Miss, Mr. Standard Staples. Alright, so we're, we're kicking hack. <laughs> I forget mine. And Mr. Standard Staples, mm-hmm. here again... Coming at you. Coming at you and your whole ass. Uh, no. No to that. Veto. What? No, I mean like to kick it, John. To kick it. Oh, I see. (laughs) What? What did you... I don't even want to know. Look, it's fine. Uh, so how was your day, Henry? Uh, we don't... We don't do that anymore. (laughs) Oh. We ask about it. We haven't asked about each other's days in like 30 episodes, John. Yeah, but maybe I care. Uh, my day was fine. I did a, a minimum amount of work, and then I researched cars. Oh, I haven't talked about that on the podcast. Oh, that sounds like a perfect time for our first segment. What's What's the name of our first segment, John? It's It's what you gotta You gotta finish it for me. I can't say it. Oh well, you gotta start it off. What What? Oh, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, what are we doing? Well, I was about to explain what happened to my car, John. That sounds like a perfectly fine thing to do. Oh, man. This was... This is a sad story, listeners. Gather... Gather the things that you use to make yourself happy. I've got a pen. Does that make you happy, John? A little bit. All right. Well, hopefully it's enough. Uh, so about... Two weeks ago now, uh... The sky literally opened up, and, you know, that means water came pouring down, and the parking lot of my workplace got flooded, including the side street that I normally take on my way home, which is, like, literally right next to my building, and uh, it, it flooded pretty well, but I thought it was more shallow than it was, so I took my little, my little Scion TC, my little blue car... And just gunned it right into that water, and about three fourths of the way through, my engine cut off. Mm. And I don't know if you've, you're familiar with cars, John, uh, but the engine is necessary for the car to work. I, I think I heard about that somewhere. 
Yeah, little known fact, if your engine cuts off, uh, the car does not accelerate anymore. Oh, is that is that where acceleration comes from? Uh, I believe when you push the uh, acceleration pedal, you're letting air into your engine to allow it to combust, and that propels the pistons, which makes your engine go. Ah, and uh, what I did was I accelerated into water, and that let water into my engine, which, unlike air, did not combust, and instead filled the engine so that the pistons could not pump, and they bent. My engine got hydrolocked, and it is completely dead. So totaled, really. Yeah, it, it, it got totaled by my insurance company. And uh, so you're in the market for a new vehicle? That's, that's, that's about it. Um, yes, I am. And I've been looking at 2015 Honda Civics because Honda Civics are everywhere. And so that means the parts are readily available and not expensive. Yeah, Hondas are great. I'm a Honda driver myself. Yeah, you've got that, that fitty fit. Honda fit. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's been an interesting process. This is my first time ever going through like car insurance stuff. And they've been really accommodating and understanding and, yeah, their agent agreed with my version of the story, which was great because that means they're actually working with me to, to like basically buy my car at full value. Well, that's good. Uh, do you know what totaled means? Yeah, totaled means that they have uh, declared the loss to be more than the value of your vehicle. Exactly. It, well, it's... more than it would be worth fixing. Yeah, if the value of your vehicle is less than the repair cost, they they total it. Uh, what the hell? The funny thing is, uh, the difference between the value of my car and the repair was, eh, I'm going to say only $1,000, but, you know, it's funny how close it is while still being deemed, like, irreparable. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a total loss vehicle at that at that point, so they're just saying, eh, uh, we'll just pay for it. Yeah, and, and it's like, I could put the money in to, to repair it, but it's like, so, how much do you know about the Scion TC, John? I know that Scions are kind of downscale, sporty Toyotas, maybe? That is correct. That are uh, marketed towards a younger demographic. Also correct. Generally, the interior features are a little bit on the on the cheaper side, but they're fun and they make loud noises. Yeah, uh, the the original demographic for the Scion line was uh, Japanese teenagers. Mm. You know who doesn't buy cars? Uh, Japanese teenagers. Yeah, so they discontinued the entire Scion line. Mm. Uh, you can no longer buy a new Scion, and because they were made with, you know, because they were so cheaply made and cheaply sold, a lot of the parts that you might think should be like metal or a sturdier material are straight up plastic in this car. Not uh, not uncommon in the line, from what I've seen. Yeah, and uh, the thing about the the Scion that I bought, it was a used car, and whoever had it before me did a, some custom work on it. So that the air intake filtration system was removed. It's, it had no filtration. Oh, why? I don't know. It's just normally there's like a like a a box, like an area that would like it would take in leaves and like it, 
you know, so you don't get crud going right into your engine. Mm-hmm. But but they had cut that out and just replaced it with like this 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 tube. Huh. So all that water just went straight into my engine with no chance of being, you know, filtered out. Oof. Um so yeah, just just a fun experience and now I'm going to get to have the fun experience of you know, financing my first car and all and uh you know, the timing couldn't be worse because my credit score just took a pretty big hit. Oh no. Uh, apparently when I opened up that line of credit to pay for my furniture, uh, it counted, even though there were no, like, it was on me to set up the payments and all, and, like, I lost my car, so I kind of put that on the side. Apparently that counted as me not paying off my debt, and so my credit score has gone from, uh, dependable to good. So, uh, I think I know what happened there. What happened there? Uh, when you opened that line of credit... Uh, one of the things that determines your credit score is the age of all of the accounts you've opened. And so this one's really young. And the age of all the accounts you've opened is just an average of all of them. So you put a brand new line of revolving debt on there. And then they said, oh, all your accounts just went down in age. Well, well, I pay, I just paid it off in full today. <laughs> well, that's good. Because um, I was like, I tried to set up this stupid... And website. I tried to set up monthly payments, but it was like your first payment can't be greater than uh, 07 20 2017. I'm like, okay, that's great. I put my first payment data as today, 06 20 2017, and it just kept giving me the error the date can't be greater than this date. I'm like, it's not greater. <laughs> what do you dumb. want from me? That's very that's, dumb. So but I hey. just put, I just paid it off in full because I'm getting money from the insurance company anyway. You're debt-free. Yep. And, uh, I mean, what brought you to the Honda Civic? Uh, mainly just because I like the aesthetic of it, and it it seems like a dependable car. Uh, ever since I picked the Honda Civic as, 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 like, the car to research, and, like, I've been telling people, they're like, oh, yeah, I've had one for 11 years, and... And stuff like that, and it's just like okay. And I, I kind of like the the look of the 2016-2017 uh, Honda Civic because it's it's more angular and exciting. But there's not a lot of used ones on CarMax, at least. You know what you should get? What should I get, John? You should get a Honda Civic Si. Is that the one with the uh, six-cylinder engine with the the six manual? And it's manual. Yes. I, I can't drive a manual, John. Learn. I had to learn for my car. Yeah, but I, there's a lot of. I live in a city. There's a lot of traffic. That would be a lot of gear shifting just to get to work. I'd like to make a quick recommendation in the podcast. To anyone who's listening, okay. Uh, I highly recommend getting a manual car. Now, what are the benefits of a manual car? Uh, just the the most exciting benefits are the most intangible. Because the the best thing about having a manual transmission is that you feel much more connected to your engine and you have a closer relationship with your driving habits. All right, because you got to pay that much more attention because you can't you can't ever really just go idle because if you do, your gears will grind. And I mean, maybe the the best thing about it is you you hear your engine, you start to understand your engine, like, oh, my engine wants to shift up now because I hear the revs building higher than I want them to right now. Yeah. And 
I guess some of the other benefits are it's cool to like block shift down into a lower gear so you can put more torque so you can speed up faster and get ahead of someone in traffic. It's fun. Yeah, I've heard I've heard those things. Uh, another benefit would be that you pretty much don't have to worry about your car being stolen. Yeah, uh, very few people know how to drive a manual transmission, and it's a lot of fun because you can buy a car a lot cheaper if it's got a manual transmission, and it's harder to sell. Well, I guess the other part, uh, that other one isn't really a positive. Yeah, you would have to have somebody who's like who know you know is who knows cars basically. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the the fastest way to feel like you know cars is to get a manual transmission. Granted, I'm terrible at it. I've been doing it for less than a year. But it's really enjoyable. And if you're on a long road trip uh, that takes maybe 10 hours total there and then 10 hours back, it really keeps you awake. Yeah, I suppose it would because it's it's not like you can just go into cruise control. Does, does cu- cruise control and manual tr- transmission exist? Yeah, they have cruise control, or at least mine does, and a lot of them do. It just keeps you in the gear that you're currently in and just matches acceleration to the speed you want to go. Oh, but if there's ever traffic, that's not going to work. Yeah, you just tap the brake, get out of cruise control, then resume Start- as normal. And then you got to do the logic puzzle that is shifting. And the logic puzzle known as shifting takes about a week to learn. You're like, oh, I'm going down, uh, my revs are this low, I can shift into third... Uh, shift into first, shift into neutral, break. It's fine. No, 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 no. I, I tried. I, I, I've had motorcycle lessons, and it's it's a lot harder than you're saying because one hand does one thing, and the other hand doesn't do the same thing. And my hands have to do symmetrical stuff, man. Motorcycles are hard. Yeah, that's there's a very little hand stuff in cars. Well, actually, no. You, there's the shifting. It, it, yeah, there's the shifting, which is. You know, not unlike a motorcycle. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, I guess the reason I ask why you want the Honda Civic is I thought maybe I'd pass a few other cars by you that maybe you overlooked, and you could just tell me why you don't want them. All right. I'm game for that. All right. Jeep Wrangler. I don't want a Jeep. Why? Because it's a Jeep. What's wrong with Jeeps? I'm not a lesbian. Whoa. I'm just kidding. Whoa. That, that, that was a joke. Whoa. Come on. Everyone knows the Jetta, the, the, the Volkswagen Jetta is the lesbian car. I thought it was the Subaru. Anyway. <laughs> no, I just, uh, I don't know. Jeeps, Jeeps are fine. My sister has a Jeep Liberty and that's all well and good. It's good in places where you, you know, have to get through high water. It's just, I don't want a Jeep. But they're so much fun. They're so impractical. They eat so much gas. Yeah, I don't want that. I I want a car of good gas mileage and has doors. Okay, how about... Well, I mean, I guess that's the greatest thing about the Jeep is that it cannot have doors if you don't want it to. But I kind of require doors. Remove doors. Remove worry. Remove doors. Remove worry. Is that the Jeep slogan? Yes. (laughs) It is printed on the inside of the doors. That they don't have. Yes. Second car. Ready? It is a, uh, a Ford Mustang. Well, the Ford Mustang's a good car, um, but it's kind of the same thing. If you're going to get a Ford Mustang, it's got, it's, you, you get a manual. You, you, you don't get an automatic Ford Mustang. That's like getting, I don't know, a declawed tiger. And you know, the, uh, the thing about getting a Mustang is 
You know that classic acronym for Ford? Found on again, Tony. <laughs> Fixed or repaired, Tony? Fixed or repaired, Tony. Fort. And uh, another car, Honda Odyssey. I have never heard of that car before in my life. It's like a Honda Civic, but a van. Oh, I don't want a van. I'm not married yet. Whoa. Why not? Why am I not married yet? No, the van thing. Think of all the things you can put in a van. Hashtag van life. I don't want... uh, I like smaller spaces. If I have bigger spaces, that's just more room for clutter that I'm never going to clean. But you could live hashtag van life, become a van life lifestyle blogger. Think about it. Yeah, if I lived in Hawaii out of a van and smoked weed, I could become the next uh, Chris Rat... Chris Rat? That's his name, Chris Pratt. But I, I just, I'm, I don't think that's the career move I want to make right now. And I mean, there's no telling what the future will hold. So I'll keep holding out on that Honda Odyssey purchase. I've never even heard of this car. Fiat 500. Uh, fix it again, Tony. Oh, you mean fix it again daily? Fix it again daily. Uh, yeah, no, Fiats are cool. They're cute, adorable. There are a ton of Fiats or Fiats, whatever. In the city that I'm living in, which is Austin, there's just everybody loves the Fiat here. It's like, I guess, tiny cars, tiny parking spaces. I don't know, but just an inordinate amount of Fiats. Wait, Austin? Yeah, I live in Austin. What? Wait, I think we covered this. We did cover that. I was in Austin. You were in Austin. I was in Austin visiting you. You visited me? That's amazing. It was pretty great. Yeah, what, what, was this, like, this past weekend? No. Oh, what? <laughs> when yeah, was it was. It, it, it was this last, it, I thought, I, I, it's a fun little goof I did. <laughs> wow, what a good bit. <laughs> I feel pretty good about it. I feel full. Uh, yeah, so, uh, I, you know, I've been living here for six months now, but you've experienced it for one weekend, so I want to get your hot take on the city I live in. All right, here's the thing, Henry. What's the thing, John? When I visited you... Yeah? I only said good things about Austin because I didn't want to hurt your feelings. Oh, but now that you've got this, like, 700-mile difference between us, you're, 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 you feel safe enough to... If you, uh, if, if, listen, if you're going to rub the hot take bottle, you got to be ready for the hate genie. Well, look. The, oh, the hate genie? Does he, does he only grant wishes that are spiteful? You're about to find out. Alright, uh, give me your hot take, Mr. Hate Genie. Here's my Austin hot take. I'm gonna give you, count it down, three good things about Austin, and three things about Austin that totally blow. Wow, I don't know if I'm ready to receive the, the three good things. I just prepared myself for only bad things. Watch out, Austin residents, because I'm gonna take your your bellwethered lily white town all the way to to Slamadelphia. Damn, that's a long journey. Yeah, it's seven thousand miles from here to Slamternity. Jesus, that's that's some commitment. Let let's get started with your hot take list. Are you starting with the good or the bad? Intermingling first. Good thing. First good thing. It's, it looks very nice, and it's very big, and it's very visually pleasing. Alright, I, I, I mean, I agree with that. It's also very green. Very green, part of that. Really like their trees. I love how green and foresty it is. 
Even though it's 100 degrees out, our trees are still alive. Number one, bad thing. Hot as a mother. Oh yeah, it's hot. It's Jesus. It's, oh my god, that's the hottest weekend we ever had, too. It's the hottest, most awful place, but even then, I think it was 102, and it still wasn't as hot as it feels right now in the state that I live in. Yeah, yeah, it's a drier heat. It's not completely dry, but it's still drier, so it doesn't feel as hot. You can kind of cool off a bit. But walking down 6th Street that night, I was just like, okay, someone could kill me. I'd be fine. Yeah, it's uh, it's real hot at night. But yeah. I, I guess that I guess that this wasn't really like a super bad thing because it's hot, but it also doesn't feel as bad as this place does sometimes. Yeah, I'll let you know when we get you know, into the hotter weather, <laughs> hotter than even that, how, how I'm faring. Okay, th- third thing, good thing. Wait, second thing, good thing? No, it's... Okay, second good thing. Second good thing. A lot of... Most... Pretty much everyone is ridiculously attractive. Yeah, that that's actually a true fact. I, If there are unattractive people in Austin, they're, you, you only see them when they're, tr- you know, working on their bodies to look more attractive. Yeah, I have no idea where all these damn Austin hotties came from, but they're all over the place with their rippling pecs and their daisy dukes and their beautifully well-trained dogs there's like a weird caste system and that that's like if you're a certain level of attractiveness you're all gonna do the same thing and if you're under that you know you're free to do what you want but don't you know don't be on a paddleboard because that's the attractive people's activity you can kayak though okay the second bad thing second bad thing I'm I'm losing track. Second bad thing about Austin. What's up? It's real expensive. That's also true. It's very expensive for visitors. I'm confused. It's not expensive for people that live here because we're typically paid a wage that's, you know, kind of comparable to the expense. Okay, so cost of living, higher, but also kind of minimum wage generally, higher to compensate. Yeah, most of your employers are pretty progressive when it comes to employee benefits. So, like, you know, I, we got hit a little bit by that kind of Silicon Valley, California um, employment thing where it's like, we've got a break room and video games and all this stuff. And uh, that usually comes with a lot of cool, like, worker benefits. Like, you get your birthday off. Well, well that's actually... So I guess this the second bad thing is actually kind of a half a bad thing again. So so far we've got two goods and one bad. All right, I'm, I'm all right. So third good, third third good thing. That's amazing amenities. What's an amenities? Like things to do and see and eat. Okay, I'll agree with that. I mean, we we took it all the vegan places, but. You know, we should take you all the meat places, and and then you'll complain about it. Cause like the, we went kayaking on a beautiful river and saw turtles, and then I ate some of the most delicious vegan food I have ever eaten at a place called Arlo's. Shout out to Arlo's. Hashtag Arlo's. It was also the most uh, delicious vegan food I've ever eaten because it was the first. But that that Arlo's place, no shit, it is very very good. Yeah, Arlo's is great. It's a food truck. Uh, it's got three locations. Just check them out on in the internet. Arlo's. I recommend. 
the the chicken burger, the Chipotle chicken, and the double bacon cheeseburger. And I recommend their their fries, sweet potato fries. Oh, those tater tots are really good too. Everything they had was good. Third thing, third bad thing. The third bad thing. Biggest, most condemning thing about Austin. The worst thing about Austin. No one has hired me there yet. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I went through that for a year straight. I don't want it to be that long. Yeah, I mean, you've got a more of a marketable skill set than I do. But I would like to work there so that I can live there. Hey, uh, the thing about Austin is, uh, don't, don't, you know, don't ask any other people who live here about advice to, about moving here because they don't want you to. But, uh, I say the more the merrier. Yay! That's the, the weird thing about Austin, like, you know, Austinites proper, the people who, who have been here for, like, years... They're like, don't move to Austin because everyone who's moving to Austin is ruining it. But it's like, it's already too late because you already have the the tech industry has already made this its second home. And that brought a bunch of weird California culture. And and it's just like, it's too late. We're already homogenized. It, it, it is what it is. Just accept it. Once Tex-Mex mixes with Cal-Mex, there's no going back. It's just avocado all the way down. I'm okay with that. Yeah, uh... But no, Austin's a pretty... Uh, so far, it's a good place to live. I really like my weekends and my nights. Uh, I just need to find a better job. But uh, if you can find a good job, and there's tons of stuff out here, just tons of industries, it's a, a constantly expanding city. Uh, but if you, you... Yeah, just come. Just come, John. Come over here. I'm going to do a little quick economic analysis to show you where my head's at. All right, I'm here for listening. My favorite city prior to going to Austin, and is still probably my favorite city in the entire world, is... Granted, I have been to four cities. Is... Is New Orleans, Louisiana. Yeah, that's also my favorite city, but that's because that's where I lived. I mean, that's where I grew up. Uh, New Orleans is an amazing amazing city with an amazing history a huge amount of art great great food lots to see new orleans is eclectic you gotta say eclectic like you can't say new orleans without saying eclectic i think that's the law oh it's very eclectic oh it's eclectic af it's eclectic a fuck (laughs) yep and uh, really like New Orleans. I, I love New Orleans to death, and I stay with some friends there sometimes. And honestly, this whole like cost of living being higher, but you getting paid more thing. Yeah, sure, that's true in Austin. That's not true in New Orleans. New Orleans will pay you nothing sometimes. New Orleans has jobs that pay you very, very little, and New Orleans is significantly more expensive than Austin, depending on where you want to live. Yeah, New Orleans is very much a, a money kind of a place. Like, if you want to live in a good neighborhood, you need money, and it's got to be old money. We're not taking, like, the new yuppies, unless they're Saints players, because they can buy a house anywhere they damn well please. Oh yeah, who dat? It's my new neighbor. <laughs> Pretty much, but uh, I mean, a lot of the uh, a lot of the Saints players live in the suburbs anyway, just because it's it's easier on them. And that's uh, that's something that I wonder about Austin because I've been going to New Orleans basically my entire life since I was 
four or five. Yeah. On at least a yearly basis. And I remember that New Orleans used to be so much different than it is now. And I hate to bring up the specter of gentrification. But boo! In a lot of the ways, and this is a touchy subject for a lot of people, but in a lot of ways, Hurricane Katrina did some good for the city. Oh. Um, not good for the people of the city, not good for the people who live there, because a large majority of them did not return to their homes, mm. be- because to do so would mean, like, a repair job that they could not afford. Mm-hmm. And it's not like the federal emergency services were actually giving out that much money or help. They did what they could, but uh, so that meant a lot of people who were had been there forever were now gone, and so businesses could buy property on the cheap, and they moved in and just started improving. I'm gonna maybe disagree with our definition of good in this case, but I, I see where you're coming from. But like, like you have I, a place like Austin, and I feel like Austin. I don't know Austin's history. I don't know if they're becoming actively gentrified right now or not. Well, I mean, I don't know about gentrification because it's just expanding. It's not done defining its its borders yet. I mean, Austin cities in Texas kind of just grow outward and and eat up all the surrounding towns around it until you know there's not a real difference between Houston and Katy, and mm. so. Uh, God, I hate Katie. <laughs> and so Austin is just sort of like this 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 behemoth of a thing that keeps growing outward. And it's like, if you actually look at like a map of the neighborhoods, a lot of, like, technically we don't live in the neighborhoods of Austin, but we still consider it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think it's being gentrified just because it's, there's, there's, it's just too expansive to be able to see that happening. If anything, it's just like the gentrification, they, they quartered off into an area called the domain, which is all these rich, like, uh, what do they call Like, um, luxury shopping places. Uh, but you don't see like mom and pop stores being sold out just because there's, they're still there just because there's so much land. Man, if that isn't the name for a suburb in a dystopia, the domain. Yeah. Very good. Oh yeah, it, it's very like you know fifth or fourth estate or something. Like it, it sounds like a secret society, uh, the domain. But I guess that's something that you have to experience in New Orleans because everything is just a tightly packed city built into a bowl. That as things change, they just get closer and closer together, and all that like social and structural change is very obvious. But in a place like Austin, you have room to grow and and build, and the city can become like. Not a not like a piece of dark matter, but like a galaxy or some kind of galactic amoeba. Yeah, or just like New York with its separate boroughs. Yeah, but New York is like expansive and very dense. Yeah. Uh, Austin I, is like, ah, I'm in Austin. There's a tree. <laughs> you would never be able to tell you're in a city in some places in Austin just because it's just like, this looks like everywhere else. Uh, and it's bizarre to be in Austin because it's so huge and there's so many options for different things that I think in one day I managed to go to three different HEBs. Looking for sandals. I was looking for sandals in all the wrong places because they didn't have any. Yeah, HEB's much more of a food and pharmaceutical place. Thanks, Dollar Tree. 
Dollar Tree for your sandal needs. I can't tell if the weird red marks on my feet are because my sandals rubbed my sunscreen off or because they had a chemical in them which ate my skin. Dollar Tree, we're not telling. Dollar Tree, we'll eat your skin. <laughs> but yeah, you know, Austin, broken down cars, it's all good. Yeah, all good Austin. And and just to clarify, when I said it's good, like for the New Orleans thing, I already clarified that it was good for the city and not for the people who lived in the city. Oh yeah, and I think uh, economically the city's doing a lot better. Yeah, that's just more money in politicians' pockets. Don't live in Louisiana. Yeah, uh, the idea of, li- of living in Louisiana or in New Orleans is cool. But then there's, of course, the idea that I would be paying taxes to the politicians of Louisiana. Yeah, and, and just all of the weird small tendencies of Louisiana to pay more. Like, I recently shifted my uh, insurance policy from Louisiana te- to Texas Mm-hmm. And I'm literally paying half of what I used to pay. But everything costs half as much in Texas because of that oil money. I guess. I I don't know what it is, but in Louisiana, I was paying $2,000 for insurance for every six months. And in Texas, I'm paying under 900 Well, I mean, that's because when you live in Louisiana, there's the ever-present threat of the gator. Well, yeah, he haunts our dreams, and if you... If you live in Louisiana long enough, you're going to have reoccurring nightmares about being in the water with gators. But that doesn't mean our insurance policies have to be high. I uh, I knew someone who worked at an insurance company. And uh, when they file claims from Louisiana, you can say that it was a partial loss, total loss, or the gator. And the gator just, they, they nod and they just give you like the lump sum yeah, they give you what you need to recover from the gator, because we're just glad you're still alive. Uh, fun fact about alligators and crocodiles. Uh, did you know they never stop growing? That's not a very fun fact at all. Uh, and they never stop growing, and they have no natural predators, and they don't actually die off? They live forever? They have the potential to live forever. But because they never stop growing, they eventually uh, can't feed themselves enough and end up starving. Same. Yeah. Isn't that the uh, the whole thing in Norse mythology where one day there will be an alligator that grows so big and fat that he devours the world? Uh, I don't think they had alligators in Norse mythology. They had serpents. Oh, sorry. I'm thinking about Egyptian mythology. What with all their Nile alligators? There, there actually were a few, uh, what's his name? Baphomet. That's not his name. Uh, ba- Set? Set? Is it Set or Basque? I don't know. Bast? Bast. It's Bast. Maybe? I don't know. Oh, Egyptian gods. There's so many of them, and I have never studied them. It's zero credits. I don't know nothing about no mythology or anything. <laughs> we haven't invoked at zero credits in, like, 30 episodes that's because we're learning yeah uh a weird circular quick tip about driving through water john oh if you're gonna find yourself driving through standing water here is what you need to do uh so first you want to hit the water fast but as soon as you hit the water take your foot off the accelerator and shift your car into neutral and turn your engine off Mm Mm-hmm. and then coast through 
And uh, if you get through, that's great. That's really good. Make sure you're completely out of the water before turning your car back on. Um, if you're not clear, you know, clear of the water, just get out of the car, abandon it, and just leave. Oh, great. Uh, if you go through water, if your engine on, uh, 100%, you have to take your car to a mechanic to check it out before starting it. Don't try to start your car without taking it to a mechanic first, just in case. I, uh, I like the idea that if you stop, give up. Well, it's, you know, it depends. There's a lot of factors. Like, if you don't know the ground underneath your car, um, like, if it's, if you don't know if it's cement or dirt or whatever, uh, get, it's like you get out, climb on top of the car and try to make it to high ground, but it, you don't try to start your car in water. That's insane. Yeah, no, never do that. But what if the gator is in the water? Oh, you're dead, and your car is also dead, and your next of kin also gets a slight nibble. (laughs) Through the transitive property of the gator. And the mental connection between you and your relatives. He he feeds off that. Uh, The gator, fun fact, Henry, I don't know if you know this about the gator. Yeah? Doesn't really exist as we think. Oh no, we think it's like a reptilian thing. Turns out, it's some type of weird metaphysical spirit that haunts your dreams. It's like how uh, flames aren't real. They're just kind of an optical uh, illusion or effect created by heat and a chemical reaction. The sight of alligators, they're not real. Wait, flames aren't real? Yeah, flames aren't real. Define real. Like, flames aren't physical objects. They're like visual disturbances in the air. So you're saying a fire is not an object, it's just a visual representation of what's happening to the heat? It's like if you start a fire in zero gravity with the right, like, oxygen, it's invisible. An invisible fire? Yeah, invisible fire. How come no space horror movie has ever done that? That sounds frightening. I think we should probably get on that. Yeah, (laughs) Space Fire, coming summer 2019. I think that's a pretty quick turnaround. We need to we need to market it to the Chinese first. Oh no, the Ch- Chinese can Chinese can bang it out in like six months. Did you know that one of the top grossing movies of the last five years in China was Warcraft? Real? Oh, because of all the Warcraft players. Uh, it's because of that. It's because they only allow, I think, 34 foreign films into the country every year. Yeah, but, like, there's a huge player base in uh, World of Warcraft. Yeah, you get that World of Warcraft, you get that, um, I, I think the actress's name is Fan Bing Bing. I don't know, I'm not pronouncing that right. But you get, like, a, like, a Chinese star in it. You get your merchandising right, and you get yourself a hot little hit in China. Wow. Well, that just goes to show that even the worst of movies can find, you know, redemption in a Chinese audience. Do you think, what if movies that were that pandering were released in America? You mean, like, the hero is obviously super American, and that they, the first scene they're introduced, they're biting into a burger... While, like, a bikini-strapped, like, American flag-wearing girls are, like, walking arm-in-arm with them? Yeah, like, what's a thing that we really like in America? What's a, like, a sport or a pastime or a video game? 
Dude, football, burgers, uh, baseball, hot dogs. So if they made a movie about Babe Ruth starring, let's say, uh, I don't know, let's say the French make it. Every person is French. The film was originally shot in French, but it's got like Brad Pitt in it as Babe Ruth. And he's just munching a hot dog the whole time. Yeah, I think that would be amazing. I want to be pandered to nationally speaking. I always like seeing uh, American representations by other cultures just because it's like, what do they choose to focus on and how do they represent us? A lot of it is hamburgers. Yeah. It's always funny to see American representation in anime just because like they go out of their way to like, it's always a blonde person. Their eyes are always super round and like blue it looks basically like, you know, the Hitler's wet dream. Oh, God. You know, the Aryan Nation, all that. But it's 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 just funny to see that. And then it's just like, but wait, it's not like anime representations look like Japanese people necessarily. Now, uh, I the only one that I can really think of a representation of an American in a Japanese anime is, of course, uh, Chibity Crockett from G Gundam. Yeah, I don't know that. Uh, he is... He is an American boxer slash football player. <laughs> of course. And how much... Do you know G Gundam? Uh, G Gundam, was that the one uh, with Shining Finger? No. Yeah, that's the oh, one that... with Shining Finger. I, I watched a little bit of that. It's a, it's a Gundam Shonen show. Yeah, it was like every country has their Gundam champion... Yeah, and the American Gundam champion was, hell, I forget the name of it, but it uh, had a football helmet and boxing gloves. It was a boxing football player, and Chibity Crockett was a boxing football player, I think, and he was surrounded by women in American flag bikinis who would feed him hamburgers. It was amazing. Wait, that's exactly what I described. Yeah, it's it's kind of universal. That's amazing. There, was he blonde? Uh, his hair was blue and pink. Blue and pink. That's interesting. I, I okay. Wait, I'm I'm looking up some Chibity Crockett information. Hold on. I can stall. Uh, so once upon a time, there was a person who needed to stall. So he started telling a meta story about a person who needed to stall. And in the meta story, the person who needed to stall started to tell a story about a person who needed to stall. And in that story that of the person who needed to stall, something happened, and that he was interrupted when he didn't need to stall anymore. Oh, hey, Henry. Oh, what's up? So, uh, the history of Chibity Crockett, according to the G Gundam Wikia. Now, of course. When Chibity was a young boy, his mother managed to save enough money to live in the Neo-America space colony. As they and other colonists were gathering to depart, a group of hijackers dressed as clowns arrived, wanting what? to take the ship for their own passage. Chibity was taken hostage by them and his mother was killed. In the incident, he was left to fend for himself in the streets of New York City and gained a fear of clowns that would last his adulthood. Jesus Christ, what? <laughs> what? After a rough childhood, Chibity was scouted as a boxer. His skill eventually won him the right to travel to the space colony and eventually became their Gundam fighter. Along the way, uh, Chibity met a group of four young women trying to get the colony by stowing away on transport. Seeing a spirit similar to his own, Chibity decided to hire them as his Gundam crew. 
seen a spirit in them like his own, so they were also afraid of clowns? They were also boxing and afraid of clowns and had dead mothers. Wow, that that's four of them. That's a huge coincidence. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty lucky for Chibity. What kind of name is Chibity? Oh, it's like Davy. Like Davy Crockett? Oh, Chibity Crockett, Davy Crockett. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, like the weird world of, uh, you know, early Japanese anime American representation is pretty awesome. Older anime is really where it's at. Yeah, newer anime is all edgy and dark and grim, kind of like today's comics, but it's just like, no, 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 go back to Outlaw Star, go back to Trigun, where it's all campy and weird. Yeah, Maximum Camp, Maximum Yu Yu Hakusho, Maximum Dragon Ball Z. Maximum Panic. Yeah, Maximum, Maximum Panic. You didn't, you didn't sound too sure about that. You sounded kind of reluctant. I don't want to panic. No, then don't. That's what Hitchhiker's Guide says. Ah! What's up, buddy? Sorry, I panicked. Ah. Well. Yes? I didn't have anywhere to go with that, did you? Oh, I've got somewhere to go with that. <laughs> Where do you want to go? Henry, do you want to learn how to cook a fast and easy dinner for you and your loved ones? Okay, this is part of your whole weird diatribe where you want me to learn how to cook? No, I'm just going to tell the listeners how to cook, and then you'll learn how to cook as well. Why do you want me to improve as a person? Because that's what Zero Credits is about. What? You're right, but for them, not for me. But the whole thing is we learn as well. Yeah, but I don't want to learn how to cook. Alright, just teach me your your dumb dish. Okay, you know what a cherry tomato is? I've heard of it. It's like a grape tomato. Yeah, uh, you could also use grape tomatoes. There's a difference between cherry and grape tomatoes? Uh, Cherry tomatoes can be a little bigger, but also the sizes vary, and they're really synonymous, basically. Alright, so what am I doing with these cherry tomatoes? Get a pint of those. Alright, I've got a pint of them. Get some olive oil. Gross, but okay, I got it. Get some garlic. What am I, a vampire? Get some fresh basil. What am I, a British person who runs a tower? Get some pasta. What am I, Italian? So here's what you do. Alright, wait, that's all the ingredients? Yeah. What kind of pasta, does it matter? Uh, no. I've used uh, potato gnocchi, rice gnocchi, fettuccine, and thick spaghetti. Angel hair? Angel hair would be fine if you're a heathen. Uh, alright, bow tie? Uh, yeah, bow tie works. Wagon wheel? Wagon wheel's fine. A traditional macaroni is also acceptable. Cheese? Yes, cheese is fine. Alright, come on. Well, what do I, what am I doing? I got, I got this basil. I got, I got all the ingredients. What am I doing with it? Here's what you do. You put olive oil in a pan. Listen, listeners, this will save your marriage. Our listeners are married? Put, some of them are, I'm sure. You put, to each other? You put a, you put like a quarter cup of olive oil in a saucepan. Alright. Then, you put like three cloves of garlic sliced up into the olive oil on like sizzle. The the oil's got to shimmer and sizzle. Wait, so the 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 stovetop is on sizzle? Yeah, the stovetop set to sizzle. <laughs> All right, that's you, you sizzle that garlic for like three minutes. Three minutes sizzle, and then you you sizzle it until it's just soft, and then you throw a pint of cherry tomatoes on top of it. All right, and then the cherry tomatoes uh, don't touch them; they'll cook, and the steam inside the tomatoes will burst their skins. 
This is what you want to happen. Yes, because they'll burst the skins and they'll release all the delicious juices and pectin from inside the tomatoes and they'll form a sauce. Oh, so you're like making a tomato sauce with these cherries tomatoes? Yeah, you're making a tomato sauce from hand, from scratch, from your hands, with your hands, with your scratched up hands. All right. And, uh, you know, you can mush them a little bit with a spoon if you want to. And you cook that, you season it with kosher salt or whatever salt you have on hand until it tastes kind of, ooh, so right. It's got to be so right. It's going to be so fucking right. And then you cook some pasta one minute short of how long it says to cook it on the package. Wait, why am I cooking it one minute shorter than the recommended cooking? Because if you cook it one minute short, it will be al dente, and it's going to cook in the sauce for a little bit, so it will be perfectly cooked. So I don't... Is it not going to stick to the wall when I throw it at the wall? I think it'll probably stick to the wall, but not as long as you want it to. Oh, okay. So one minute short, you transfer that cooked pasta to that sauce you just made, and then the crucial part, you blast it with a handful of fresh basil that you've chopped up really fine. Okay. And then you put about a half a cup of uh, starchy pasta water in it. What is starchy pasta water? Uh, the, the pasta water you cooked it in. Oh, so I don't drain it? No, you, well, you move it with like tongs or whatever, but you keep the water that you cooked it in. So no straining. Because the starch, the starchy pasta water, is an emulsifier. That sounds revolting. Meaning, you know how like oil and water, they never, uh, what's the word? They don't mix. They never mix. Uh, when you have an emulsifier, what it does is it traps oil in water, basically. It traps it in tiny amounts. So you can basically mix oil and water if you emulsify them together. Okay. So when you put pasta water in there and it mixes with the oil and you agitate the pasta really fast, it turns into a really creamy, delicious sauce that sticks to the noodles and uses up all of the oil. Interesting. And then pepper, salt, plate, delicious. Oh, I have to have a plate? You can bowl it. I have to have a bowl? You can pour it into your mouth. That's how I eat. Well, then you're set. All right, that's cool. It sounds easy. Um, I'm never going to do it, but nice. It takes 10 minutes. It's super impressive to any, like, lady friends or professional friends or chef friends. Everyone will love you. And all of this is thanks to Kenji Lopez-Alt at Serious Eats. Oh, cool. Thanks for the source. Yeah, Serious Eats is one of the best cooking websites. Kenji Lopez-Alt is a food idol of mine, and I've never talked about him on the podcast. I want to talk about him now. Great. Serious Eats. Uh, Kenji Alt? Kenji Lopez-Alt. Okay. Kenji Lopez-Alt, and check out this weird cool pasta this sauceless pasta only it's not sauceless because you make the sauce while you cooking it yeah and also daniel gritzer is really good he's on there too he makes grits and uh yeah kenji lopez all food lab go food lab food lab he's a gritzer mr grits he makes grits he's a gritzer you're a mean one dot dot mr grits you make grits and you smell you're a ground-up form of harmony, and we cook you in a pot, Mr. Mr. Grits. I don't have anything else. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I pretty much ran out there. But I think we could have made something happen if we cared. Uh, I wasn't committed to the bit. I'm sorry. 
You always have to commit fully to the bit. Fuck. Wait, John, I just got a great idea for a reality television show. What's up? So, you know, like, say yes to the dress? Mm Mm-hmm. What about commit to the bit? Where people just start bits and they can't non-commit? Well, it's like, I I guess you would have to set up, like, a a random participant in a bit, and, like, if they commit to it fully, they get, like, a cash prize or something. You know what I was made aware of recently? What were you made of a reader? <laughs> Whoa. What were you made aware of recently, John? I was made aware recently that some people don't know what a bit is. They don't know what a bit is? What, are they not in the bitness? Yeah, bit is generally comedy lingo. Yeah, it's definitely... I definitely picked that up from listening to comedy podcasts. So, uh, what is a bit, Henry? A bit is just a joke. Oh? It's a joke that has a conceit. That, you know, there's a little bit of believability involved. Um, but it, it's really, it's really just a, it's a bit, it's like a bit of a joke. And I, I think I'd go a little bit further. I'd say that bits are kind of shared unrealities that you create with your friends for the purpose of humor. Because, you know, a, a bit never takes place in, in, <laughs> The reality that we all share. When you create a bit, you create a little universe that you and X number of other people live in for a short period of time. Yeah, uh, maybe. I don't know. I think it's just a joke, John. But like, okay, let's say the bit is that if I was in Texas and I kept looking at you and saying, guess what? It's true what they say, Henry. Everything's Everything's bigger in Texas. Texas. Yeah, so if I did that bit, that bit isn't me actually feeling that way that bit is me saying this because it's funny because it is incongruous to what's going on yeah you're using irony to produce humor and then if you're in on that bit you will then use similar incongruities to what you may be feeling or what the situation may require and you will reciprocate the bit yeah all right so it is a shared believability but however it can be a non-shared, like, a bit can be just done by one person. Oh yeah, a person can be doing a bit, but one man doing a bit is the saddest thing. Well, no, like, think of Rick and Morty when they're inside of that guy's body, and John Oliver, Amoeba Man, is is like, would you like to ride the bone train? That's him participating in a bit by himself. True. All, all he gets from the other people are saying yes or sure like and morty even says quit doing this bit we're gonna die so i I think there's a spectrum of bits i think that we need to very seriously submit bit to merriam webster's internet what the fuck's it called dictionary (laughs) i'm pretty sure it's already in the dictionary oh Da, 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 da. Are we I'm both? Look, look, I'm not going to look it up. I'm defining bit using the define command on Google. Are you going to look up on BitTorrent? Uh, no. Man, that's a torrent of bits. All right. Oh, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of definitions for bit. Um, tons of definitions for bit. A small piece, part, or quantity of something. You know, a bit. Mm-hmm. A short time or distance? Uh, informal. A set of actions or ideas associated with a, with a specific group or activity. Okay, could, yeah, I can see that. That could be it. 
a drill bit, um, the the type of bit you put in the mouth of a horse. Uh, there's just too many definitions of bit. What if you started a bit with someone and you put a piece of metal in their mouth? That would be a bit bit. <laughs> Mr. A... Sheffield. Oh, God. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Mr. Sheffield. Oh, my God. Yeah, I guess it's just more of a comedy terminology than it is an actual word in the real world. Yeah, and I think that... Uh... I know, I see more people doing bits. I think that we live in a generation that is generally more comedically tuned in and turned on than most generations previous to this. Oh, fuck. Yeah, there's a lot of, you know, terminology that you kind of pick up from the comedy world, like, you know, buried the lead on that one, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, oh, you, you, you didn't say the most interesting thing first, and then as part of your telling your story, we find out, wait... Your mom killed your cat? Whoa. Why didn't you start with that? Wait, Henry, your your mom killed your cat? You really no. buried the lead on that one. Uh. Using it in the <laughs> sentence. So, uh, you know what we should probably do at some point soon? What should we do at some point soon, John? Considering the fact that during this entire podcast we neglected to, uh, to talk about the shared experience that we had in Austin that I really wanted to talk about. Oh, what? You, you already talked about how much you love the city. What else would you want to talk about? I would want to talk about the comedy group that we saw. We saw a comedy group? Yeah, we saw Auntie Donna. Auntie Donna. Yeah, they, a, an Australian, an Australian sketch comedy group from Australia came all the way here to the U.S. to do a show for us and like 98 other people. Yeah, part of their Big Boys North American tour. We've talked about Ani Donna on the podcast before. They are my favorite comedy group, and this show was phenomenal. I've only seen one comedy show in my life, and this was it, but it was the best comedy show I've ever seen. I've seen a few dozen comedy shows, and this was the best one. Like, I wouldn't compare this to, like, stand-up or anything like that, because it's just in its own league, but this was phenomenal. Yeah, it was exceptional performance comedy, live sketch comedy, super high energy. Really needs to be seen to be believed how much these guys commit to their respective bits. And, and you know, we knew that going in they had a perchance to dance. They liked d to dance and like in their sketches, but like seriously, <laughs> they kind of like were moving like dancing like throughout the entire show as transitions and stuff it was it was impressive it really gave me this this desire to reignite my love of uh of performance art and comedy because just seeing people give their all to something like that just makes you want to 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 kick it up a notch yeah it's an, it's very inspirational to see people be so good at something that they do and you know if you if you go to their YouTube channel, you can see them kind of evolve over time into what they are today. And so it's like, yeah, you could go through the same process with something that you want to do, commit yourself fully to it, and be just as good at that thing. I mean, everyone starts making things that they're not extremely proud of, but if you just keep at it, you become good, and it becomes your full-time job, and you become a real boy, a big boy. A big boy. Maybe that's the thing about their tours. Like, now we've finally made it. We're big boys. 
Big boys. Big boys. They're big little boys. Not big little boys. That's weird. They're little biggie boys. They got the big, big boys. Big, big boys. Why are you droopy, dog? I'm a big, bad, droopy, droopy, boy, dog. What really made the show for me was the audience interaction. Yeah, that was a great, great crowd. Except those two guys behind me who kept taking selfies, talking about how wine-buzzed they were, and kept trying to come up with a funny way to make a hashtag for being wine-buzzed. Oh my... There was also the guy, the super fan, who was just way too into it, but I, I I guess I can't fault him for being enthusiastic. I mean, that's just what fans are, but it's just like, come on, man, we we all, you know, we all have an inkling of what they're going to do next. Let, let's not shout out the punchline. Yeah, we're all in this together, so shut up and have fun, damn it. I, <laughs> I get you're excited, but let's just, you know, give it a rest. Just, just be a passive watcher. Yeah, let's just shut up and enjoy the show and stop talking about how your goddamn... Snapchat name is a pun on your... Why Why is it that whenever we go somewhere... Not, not even we go somewhere. Whenever you go somewhere, you're always there's always these obnoxious people behind you. I think I might hear voices. Also, man, that one dude who was straight up vlogging while we were in line waiting to meet the Auntie Donna people. Oh, I wanted to hit him. Oh, the guy with the selfie stick who was filming behind us, behind him? You know, I will, I will watch vlogs sometimes out of curiosity, but if I saw a human being vlogging in the real world, I am not sure I could be held accountable for my actions. I straight up mean mugged his camera, and I hope he reviews the footage later, and he just sees me and he gets creeped out just a little bit. I, uh, God... The idea, the narcissism of seeing someone vlogging, just, it's, ah. I mean, to defend him just a tiny bit for Devil's Advocate, uh, we have a podcast where we just talk about things that interest us for an hour every week. Yeah, but people don't have to look at our faces. That's true, and we're also, we, we also try to keep it not, we, we don't dive into our personal lives that much, it, it's a rare occurrence, usually we're talking about something topical. And I mean, uh, I'm letting negativity take over. Auntie Donna was great. Highly recommended. They've got two more shows in L.A. Go see them. The shows will already have taken place by the time this episode airs. Go! No! However, what you can do is find them on YouTube and subscribe to their channel. Uh, follow them on Facebook, stuff like that. Show them that there's support here in the U.S. and they'll come back. Auntie Donna! Yeah, and uh, they're just genuinely funny people. Very humble when we actually met them by accident. Um, Wait, we met them by accident? Well, we ended up in the the meet and greet line because we thought it was the line to get out of the theater. Oh yeah, you ended up right near the front of the line to meet them. And they sent us over to the backside of the theater because we had gone out a different exit. And we just straight up cut and ended up in the same part of the line as you. Well, yeah, just because who's going to raise a fuss? That one guy who said, oh, that's cheating. I would have beaten him up. Yeah, it's a good thing he didn't press the matter or we would have pressed his face into the floor. I mean, you're like eight foot nine, so you probably could have just stood over him and looked down and, and gone like, yeah, what are you going to do? I'm a big boy. 
What are you going to do, little man? How's the weather down there? Because in, in this scenario, uh, you're tired of people asking you how the weather is up there. Yeah, that's usually what I do. Uh, yeah. You know what else I do? What else do you do? I end this podcast. Well, oh, so, <laughs> so soon after. <laughs> All right. Support Auntie Donna. They're better than us. Give them your love, but then come back. Yeah, please come back. Also, I want to talk about the more, but just babbling about the show on a podcast. I don't, I think it only does so much. I want to like hashtag them when we announce this episode going up so they see it and they pay attention to us. Yeah, uh, I, I, oh man, we only talked about them in the last like five minutes of the show. It would be like a, a huge tease. Boy, did I want to talk about them more and earlier. Whoops, I guess we got carried away. You should have interrupted me. Yay! Yeah, I totally forgot. Oh my god, I feel terrible. Next episode, we'll talk about Auntie Donna more and they'll earn it. Yeah, and we'll, we can also dive into their YouTube a little bit so we don't give away the entire show for free. Yeah, don't, uh, don't, don't take it for free. Also, just an unrelated news, we don't even have to talk about this. This was just the headline that I carried in with me for the podcast. Uh, uh Daniel Day-Lewis retired. Alright, we're done. What?! Daniel Day-Lewis retired from acting. No! Isn't this like the third time he's retired? Yeah, probably. He's like the Brett Favre of acting. What uh, what P.T. Anderson movie is going to take him out of this hole? Uh, he's doing one about the fashion world that's coming out in December. I love Daniel Day-Lewis. Uh, he's... Can't say I've actually ever seen anything he's in. Alright, moving on. Alright, you can follow us on Twitter. Fuck, you can send us a... God damn it. You can reach us on Twitter at ZCPCWHJ on Twitter.com. Once again, that is ZCPCWHJ on Twitter.com. What's that stand for, Henry? They can't follow us on Twitter, John. That That is you, a thing you do. You can follow us? Tweet. Yeah, tweet. They're, they're followers. You can follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter at ZCPCWHJ on Twitter.com. I said Twitter twice. It is redundant. And ZCPCWHJ stands for, of course, Henry? You think with that stalling, I would have pulled it up by now? Alright, here we go. gave you 20 minutes. <laughs> this stands for... What is that word? That I'm not saying that word. Zucchini, cupcake, pattern, cajole, wimpy highway jury. Ha, huh, and I'm a member of a wimpy highway jury. Just kidding. I dodge jury duty, and I'm going to prison. And that prison is... Our email, which is zero credits is a podcast at gmail.com if you want to send us email, uh, love letters to prison, if you want to be my prison wife, if you want to send me some email prison cigarettes, please do it. Send us an email, send us a correction, just don't send us the wrong directions to your house because we want to be there. I, I also would have accepted don't send us an erection. No, please don't. Because it rhymed, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about it. I was thinking about that erection. And you thinking about erections. <laughs> if you and want to Facebook us, search for Zero Credits Podcast in the Facebook search bar. Iambic pentameter is not what this is. Nope. So that's... if you want to do that, do it. And, and we're also on Twitch. You can find us at twitch.tv.tv slash tv. And we're zero credits. Henry, that's a great plug. Let's try it again with a little bit more energy. That's right, twitch.tv slash zero credits. You can watch us stream things sometimes, I guess. Yeah, when, when we, on occasion, are there. 
We were doing it pretty um, regularly for like two weeks. We did it once. We did it no. twice. Three times a lady. And that's it. Shit. Do you oh. want to plug your personal Instagram? I don't. No, I don't. <laughs> if, you, uh, if you want the show to reach more people, if you want to be a friend of the program, please rate us on iTunes. I don't care if you're Japanese. If you understand what I'm saying, you can leave a review and get more people to leave reviews because we love you. And I love you too. And that's it. That's the show. Today's theme was Austin, but uh, that's fine. Oh man, can you imagine how much baller, more baller this show's gonna be when we record it in Austin? That would be cool. Who could finally be back in the same room and actually play off each other's, you know, energy and charisma? Zero credits live from the Mopac. <laughs> We're not gonna record on Mopac. Zero credits live from Batbridge. Uh, only, actually that would be kinda cool, but zero credits live from the Paramount Theater. Oh, that'd be cool, like the like the Auntie Donna boys did. Zero credits live from a tree under a tree in Zilker Park. Trees in Zilker Park, the new series from Zero Credits. Zero credits live from an Apple store. All right, we, we should say goodbye, John. We should say goodbye. I'm going to go drink like a whole bottle of cognac. And I'm going to go uh, dance on Daniel Day-Lewis's grave. Good night, everybody. Good night. Oh